Peter, Peter. Good morning to you and good morning to the listeners. Well, good morning and welcome again to Halderberg FM. Great hearing your voice. It's lucky to be on the radio again. It's a lovely clear morning. uh, I think uh, spring has finally decided to treat us with some decent weather. Absolutely, and blossoms all around. Speaking of blossoms, um, a pizza. Um, You know, I really eat pizzas, but I was wondering if you could give me a bit of tips or... Can we talk a bit about pizza today, Peter? We can talk a little bit about pizza today, although I, uh, there is something else that I want to tell us. I have a whole um, session plan on pizza. Oh, wonderful. Know, but an interesting thing happened last night. Um, uh, there's there's a, a show on at the moment at the TTICC called Cape Wine, which is something that's held every year, and it's the first time it's been held since 2019. And it's, an, it's basically a show where all of the, all the wine producers in South Africa uh, have stands and they invite international guests. So there's a couple of hundred, I think it's two or three hundred guests here, and all of them are international wine buyers, journalists, sommeliers, all, and, and hospitality people. So, so it's a fantastic showcase for South African wine. Oh, wonderful. Um, and I did a dinner last night mm. um, uh, for Distel, and we tasted a thing they called, it was, it was, it was five decades of red wine. And one of the things that we always, everyone always complains about or, 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 or laments when they say they compare South African wines to international wines is that South African wines aren't made to last. Or mm. They're fabulous and they're great value for money, but, but don't bother keeping them. And the tasting we had last night actually put the kibosh on that completely. Oh, wow. And we tasted so what did we taste last night? It was, um, there was a dinner afterwards, but there was a taste of it kind of, it was the point of the evening before dinner. Um, we started with, it was the oldest, the, the, the youngest wine was a 2006, which is not particularly old, but it was a, it was a epimetage and a particularly good one. Mm. And that was kind of just like a, an opening salvo as to kind of, this is, this is something that's 10 or, you know, 10 or 14 years old. And then we went right back to the, the first wine we tasted was a uh, Bordeaux blend mm-hmm. from Zonnebrun, which was a 1966. And it was magnificent. Oh, wow. You know, and it wasn't one of those kind of wines you taste, well, you know, this is not bad considering that it's 56 mm. years old. Sure. It was actually beautiful and, and properly drinkable. You know, it's the kind of, it was, <clears throat> it was the kind of wine that if, if someone gave to you and just, didn't mention how old it was, you would have happily glugged it down of an evening and and, 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 and loved it. And then if someone had said you, just guess how old you think it was, mm. 10 or 15 years at tops, not certainly 56. Oh, great. Um, it's amazing. But the two, so we had a, a 19, the two wines that stood out of the evening, mm. and as a, they last, lasted so well, they tasted brilliantly, but also what they were. It was a, a 1967 and a 1994 Chateau Libertas. Really? Now, we've all drank numerous amounts of, of El Cheapo uh, Chateau Libertas yes. in our time as students. But here, a 1967 Chateau Libertas. That was beautiful. I can't believe it. Pristine. I know, I know. I mean, Chateau Libertas, 1967. Can you I mean, who would it? believe? I mean, if, if you buy a bottle of Chateau Libertas now, it's, not, it's 2021. Absolutely. Probably, probably costs, I don't know. But how was it, Peter? Was it, was it, was it, was it, was it excellent? 
smooth, oh. silky. It was drinking beautifully. It was just amazing. <laughs> uh, we were we were completely and utterly blown away. Yes, you know the, the Bordeaux blend. You know, from a from from a, from an established house, you expect mm. to be decent. But when someone gives you a a fifty five year old. Uh, Chateau Libertas, mm. you expect it to be a bit of a joke. Yeah, absolutely. No, no offense to them, but you know, it's not really known as the wow. most. Wow. wow. Can you believe it? it? Yeah. I mean, so we had a, a 1966 to 67, then there was an 84 Pinotage from Zonoblom. Uh, oh, there was a 1976 Cab from uh, Nieberg, which was in immaculate condition and most mm. people's favorite for the evening. Then 84 Pinotage. And then in '97, so it was there were six wines that were all between 50 and 40 years old. It was just um, you know kind of, and it all say all the 36 guests they were all international, all foreigners, all foreign wine, and they were completely and utterly blown away by the fact that this was South African red wine that not only was in in pristine condition but still drinking beautifully. You know, it was it was a it was quite a proud moment. Uh, it certainly to, is. To, to really sort of turn everyone, certainly everyone that I know of and, and a lot of locals mm. believe that South African wines don't, and don't have any aging potential. Really, really kind of threw that theory out mm. the window. And how educational and what a delight to be surrounded with so yeah. many flavors, isn't it? Oh, completely. And, uh, you know, that's one of the one of the perks of doing functions like this is that, that I, I had to cook all the food and keep everyone happy, but at least I got to tuck into to all of the wines. So it was... Uh, it was, a, it, was a, it was a magnificent evening. It really was quite special. It is being so, spoilt, really. And, and, and oh, it's, no, it's so interesting. Yeah, and then when we sat down afterwards, mm. I mean, we, the, the meal we served, the, the, the dessert, we served with a 2009 Edelkure, which was a beautiful, noble late harvest. Mm. And so everyone had their fill, and I noticed that there was still a little bit left in all of the red, all of the red bottles from the original tasting. Mm. And again, this is wine that's now been open for three or four hours and still in pristine condition. So I then finished my nightcap was, was a bit of uh, a bit of 66 uh, 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 Bordeaux and the 76 um, Cab, which were the two beauties. So I just got to see what everyone was on. I just quietly sat in the corner what was left over from tasting. So it was a, a special oh. evening, I have to say. Mm. And while you surrounded with quality. The older wine. Mm. And also I felt fine this morning. No, no headache, no nothing. Because the, the, also the, the older wines were a lot less, a lot lower in alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know where where those were sort of these days being uh, fourteen up to 15, almost close to fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. Most of them hover around eleven, twelve percent alcohol. Oh wow! Which is relatively low, low for red wine. I mean that's how it should be. Yeah. Then you can have two glasses. <laughs> Instead yeah. of one. <laughs> yeah, more like two bottles of that. Yeah. But never. <laughs> So no headache for you today, just because of no, the quality. No. Wonderful. It was actually brilliant. It was actually quite, quite, quite beautiful. I must admit. So a wonder that we still, we're still, we're still, you know, that we're doing. It's charming. So, yes. Back to pizza. So Thank you. After that wonderful, just educational <laughs> about your wine well, experience. The thing pizza is that pizza is a fantastic accompaniment to to, to red wine. Mm. Okay, so here's the question. Because it's always the question that everyone. Um, um, for, for you, Humby, are you are you one of the? It's, there are two types of people when it comes to pizza. Okay. Those who think that uh, Hawaiian uh, that uh, uh, pineapple 
uh, is an acceptable ingredient, mm. and, and and those that think they should all be confined to the fairy, the fiery depths of hell. Um, where do you stand um, on the pineapple issue on, I, on pizza? I am going to be the second one. I um, would prefer not to have pineapple on my on my loaves of dough. Do you know what I mean? I, I just don't like it. Mm. Good. So I'm one of those. Excellent. I was hoping you were going to say that <laughs> because it's an uh, absolute anathema to me how people can put. I mean, it's Do you agree? Yeah, I agree completely. I think it's a disgusting idea oh. to put pizza, to put, uh, put pineapple on pizza. What do you think of banana on pizza? Yeah, it's second only <laughs> to, to pineapple. I agree with you. Oh, God, eat it. It's not something that you put fruit on. It's just, I agree. You know, I, I know I know South Africans have this obsession with that kind of sweet and savory balance, and I get that. I, I, mm. I find that I understand where it comes from. But there's a line to be drawn, and I think uh, you know that there, there should be an element of sweetness from the tomato that's on your pizza. Mm. You know, if you look at the toppings of of the mozzarella and maybe savoury, really savoury things like anchovies and olives. Absolutely, and those things have a, a really, really savoury. So, so the richness of the tomato base should be all the sweetness you need to balance out a good pizza. I certainly don't need wedges of pineapple. Thank you. I, I think we might have a lot of listeners who disagree because I know pineapple's a big thing. Um, you mm. know, it's pineapple and ham. It's just not for me. Oh. I, I, I just, uh, if you, if you, if also, you, you know, I don't want to eat it really. No, no. And also the thing about that is more often than not, that mm. pineapple that's used, particularly in pizza restaurants, is pinned pineapple. There's not even fresh pineapple. It's no. Sickly sweet, the one that looks like the things they put in the urine. Um, you the know, canned um, pineapple. Yeah, canned pineapple is the worst kind of. I mean, fresh pineapple is an absolute delight. Mm. It really is a beautiful thing. But you know, I draw the line on we keep it in a fruit salad, um, or you know, an actual grilled piece of pineapple is a, is a, it's actually a, a lovely dessert. It really chars quite nicely on the fire. Yes. It gets nice and smoky. So it's a great way of serving pineapple. If you want to have it hot, but I, you know, I draw the line at pizza. So if you were judge at a pizza competition, this would be a good tip not to put pineapple on your pizza for Peter Goffwood so at this if point. Want, if you want to be turfed out at the first <laughs> Instantly. The first round, instantly. <laughs> Although I must admit, I have, I have actually represented South Africa in a pizza-making competition. Have you? Um, in, yeah, in 2012, there's, a, there's a competition, an annual competition called the Global Pizza Challenge, which mm. involves about... 25 different countries around the world. It's held in Sydney. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I inadvertently, I was roped into it by a friend of mine because they needed people to enter in the South African and I won and I got to represent South Africa in Sydney. I'm, that's did that's you win? Point. No, I didn't win. Well, it was actually interesting. Mm. Um, I, we had to enter two pizzas. The, lot, the, the second pizza was sort of a curveball that was thrown thrown me two days before I left for Sydney. Yes. We had to do a dessert pizza as well. Oh, no. Yeah. And my dessert pizza one, I won best dessert pizza. Um, well and that was quite an interesting one. Well, it was it was actually, what I did was a normal savoury pizza base, and I spread it, uh, a little bit of Nutella on it, mm. um, and then fresh figs, mm. um, and then Italian meringue. So... The Italian meringue is something you whip up. It's like meringue, except you pour hot syrup into it. And then you put little dots of the Italian meringue on the pizza, and you bake that in the pizza oven. 
and then when it comes out, you just do shavings of chocolate on it. I, funny, uh, I can't pie. believe that you put figs on a pizza because that works better than a pineapple. Yeah, certainly. Well, that's a, well, how does that it work? Was dessert, it was a dessert pizza. Absolutely. But there was no... It was a sweet. It was a dessert, which is mm. a little bit, a little bit of a, a, a sort of sideway from a regular pizza. That makes sense. But if you want, just a, a, by way of a way of, of, of shameless plugging, um, I'm doing something uh, raising money for a fantastic charity. This this and the, the, the promotion runs for, for the rest of October. Mm. Um, is at Colcatchers. I've done. They've got a, a pizza promotion called Taste the World. And I've done a pizza topping um, that they're promoting. And for every pizza that they sell, five rand goes to uh, Food Forward South Africa, which is one of my charities that I'm an ambassador for that provides... Um, it's an intermediary between between supermarkets and producers mm-hmm. that uh, distribute surplus food to, to feeding programs. So if you Wonderful. go to this week, this month, and buy the Smokey Joe pizza... Smoky Joe. Smoky Joe. It's okay. basically it's a slow cooked brisket. So we've cooked a brisket, like barbecued a brisket in the pizza oven for three hours. Um, and then shredded that on top of the pizza with a little bit of barbecue sauce and some jalapenos. Ooh. With a tomato salsa. Um, it's a fabulous pizza. Um, about five grand of each pizza sold goes to Food Forward SA. So it's a worthy pizza to eat. That sounds incredible, and it's a fantastic cause. Thank you very much, Peter. No, that's Any tips for pizzas before we, we enjoy your pizza yeah, at Kilcatchers? I, I think, oh, here's a, a great tip. Yes, you. I like your uh, tips. One of, the, one of the things about takeaway pizzas, you know, pizzas when you're in a restaurant, they always seem to be nicer when you take them out the box. And one of the reasons, and I learned this from someone who used to work at a pizza takeaway shop, mm-hmm. next time you order takeaway pizza, Tell the guys not to cut the pizza for you. Oh. Because what happens is the moment you cut mm. through the pizza, all of that topping starts to ooze in, in, in the cuts, if you, if you can imagine. Yes. So straight away, the integrity and the crispness and the chewiness of your pizza base has been compromised. So the best thing to do mm. is to tell them, don't cut the pizza. Just cut it when you get it home. And you'll find the difference is absolutely amazing. That is an incredible tip. Thank you. Bye, Dankie. Munia Pizza Snaini. See, Peter Goff would know. But it's fatty gierewag. It takes the flavor yeah. away. Gracious. And the other thing, and then when you get your takeaway pizza, get the oven on like a really hot 200, 220, mm-hmm. and just pop it straight in the oven for two or three minutes. And you'll find it's almost like it's come straight out of a pizza oven. Fantastic. Thank you, Peter. We are definitely going to do that, but not the pineapple one. No, no, no. <laughs> pineapple one, when it comes to the box, you open the bin and you slide it straight into the bin. <laughs> thank you, Peter. It's always so great chatting to you. And thank you for telling us about your wine experience. Just lovely. No, no, I'm vicariously enjoying it. On, your Cape Wine is still on there at the, at the ICC today, so if you've got much to do and you Fancy a little, a little, a little taster of a Friday afternoon. Get yourself down to the PTICC and go check out some of the most amazing South African wines. Oh, thank you, Peter. That is just incredible hearing from you. A little bit of culture from Peter Goffwood. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Peter. Fantastic. And to listeners, till we, till we see, till we meet again next week. May the source be with you.
Absolutely. And keep on making brilliant. Make us proud, Peter. Continue to do that. Cheers, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't that exciting? Peter Goffwood telling us not to cut your pizzas. And also, we share a, um, a dislike for pineapples on pizzas. Well, always great to hear from Peter Goffwood. It's a pinch of salt.